Man? For what? You're a chemical freak. <laughs> I'm a chemical super freak, actually, but I still need a gun. What's your name, Convict? I don't think you're gonna like it. I am Caster Troy. I am George from Austria. I'm Beer from Portugal. And I am Crit from the UK. And you're listening to 3 Euros Per Movie. Today we're gonna discuss the unofficial Nick Cage action trilogy. With the 1996 released The Rock, 1997 release Con Air and also released in 1997 Face Off. It's a package. It's sure. a package. I heard the name uh, The Trilogy of Awesome before. Or The Age oh. of Cage is also a great one. <laughs> No, I was going to make one up. It was not going to go to go well. <laughs> like Cage funny. action. <laughs> I was trying to merge his name with action, but it, it's K not working. K Cage nah. action. No, nah, no, nah, it doesn't really. <laughs> it, it didn't work. No. no, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're talking about The Rock first. Yeah, let, let's talk about The Rock first. This is already going way off the rails, but I feel like it's Whoa. very fitting <laughs> to, the considering moves. the theme of today's movie. Mm -hmm. God, so. this movie's so much fucking fun. Yeah. This... yeah. <laughs> I love this movie so much. It is honestly <laughs> probably the best Michael Bay movie. Yes, I would say so as well. <laughs> it's, it's either this, Bad Boys, or maybe even Pain and Gain. Having not seen Ambulance, I can't talk about that film. But yeah, this <laughs> film, oh my god. It definitely has its best cast, for sure, right? Of course, yeah. Probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, have you have you guys heard the um the theory that this is the final Bond movie? The final a oh, Bond? Oh. Yeah. Oh no, I haven't. That's interesting. Yeah, there's there's um there's a theory that Sean Connery's character is like oh. his version of James Bond, because obviously there's the theory that James Bond is just an alias, right? And then whoever takes over the 007 thing calls themselves James Bond as an alias. Mm -hmm. um, that's why they tell everybody their fucking name, even though they're a spy. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so obviously we don't know much about his past in this film. But at we all. Know you know he's British. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's what we know. Yeah. He was trained by British intelligence and that's it. That's so um, hilarious. So yeah, there's a theory that this is, you know, the final Bond film or whatever. That's amazing. Yeah, for that further out there. Usually I like to, you know, start off with maybe a major theme that I discovered throughout these movies. I'm gonna have to skip that with these three movies, I'm afraid. Um... You didn't find a common theme? <gasps> you didn't? I, I mean, patriotism. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I was loading, so I watched these three movies in the span of two days, okay? Oh. And I was loading up uh, the last one, Conair, and it just starts with American army and whatever, and like yeah. being patriot, thinking about the country. And I was like, another one? I'm being brainwashed at this point. America. Like the propaganda is working. Like I wanna, I wanna enlist. <laughs> you wanna go to war for a country? You I wanna be an American hero as well. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. I guess yeah. It, it's totally accurate. I mean, 
I wrote down US flag one minute in. <laughs> it's the first yeah. note. It's the first <laughs> note I have on the rock. <laughs> what I uh, love so much about this film being so patriotic and stuff is one, these soldiers are kind of the bad guys unintentionally. Like I feel like the film's trying to convince you that they're not actually bad guys, but they they are. And secondly, the big hero of the film isn't Nicolas Cage. It's Sean Connery, who mm -hmm. isn't American. Yeah. <laughs> True. Can I yeah. just say, actually, on that point, so Sean Connery's character is Mason, right? If, if, if I'm remembering mm -hmm. right. Yeah, yeah. The character names don't, don't mean anything in these films. They don't matter. Um, but <laughs> there's, there's a scene where Mason's fighting one of the soldiers, and... The soldier calls him, like, an English cunt or something like that. And I could tell an American made this because Sean Connery, even in this film, is Scottish, mm -hmm. not yeah. English. And he didn't correct him, <laughs> which I can tell you right now is the most unbelievable thing in this entire movie. <laughs> There is not a single Scottish person that will ever stand for being called English. English, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm pretty sure they explode, actually. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I guess. It's actually crazy. But you said something about um, Mason being, like, the hero here. But I want to, like, give credit to Stanley, our boy Stan. Our boy Good Stan. Speed, yeah. Godspeed. He had a, uh, you know... He pushed himself in the movie, like not not Nicolas Cage, because you know, <laughs> I mean, he might have. We have these previously, you know, agent that is specialized in chemical weapons, and he's now put into a situation where he has to save a whole city from chemical poisoning, spreading, whatever, mm -hmm. and. He just goes the extra mile and is even the one that makes Mason care about whatever they're dealing with. So I want to, you know, when, when can we go into spoilers from oh, the yeah. get-go? Or... We'll, yeah, we'll just, it. just a warning, we'll spoil everything out of these yeah. movies. Yeah, <laughs> spoil us. Okay, so when Mason gets Stanley from the water after, you know, the jets come and drop a bomb on the prison. Mm -hmm. I felt this, I don't know, I was about to cry. I was feeling emotions. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's pulling, like, this guy that was a little bit of, sh of a chicken and, you know, is uh, clumsy and he doesn't really know how to deal with weapons. He's just saved the day. Mm -hmm. And B um, would have been the first person to ever cry at The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Nicolas Cage. I swear, I was, the Michael I was... Bay 1996 classic. <laughs> I was feeling emotional, okay? And I, I, it was a beautiful moment to see this character, you know, to have this bond with a person, you know, that is very much the opposite of him. And I don't know, I just, I, I like simple characters like that, and I, I like this type of arcs. They're just very, very fulfilling. You're getting what you're gonna get, and it's just pretty, it's pretty moment. I mean, yeah, honestly, shout out to Stanley. You're absolutely yeah. right. Stanley's the boy. He is. He really is. He spent six hundred dollars on a bite on a Beatles vinyl. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> He's also like, obviously the most professional around. I mean, one of the first things we get to see about him is that he takes a call that he knows is gonna be FBI, that he knows that is gonna be a secret, whilst he is having sex with another woman. True. Yeah, true. He, he's he's really responsible with that. <laughs> I love I love that moment where like he goes, "It's the office," mm-hmm. um, and then she's he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm at home." They're gonna know that I'm, they know I'm at home, and she's like, "How will they know?" And he goes, "It's the FBI." Yeah. It's the FBI. Baby. <laughs> of course, they We're know me. I'm at home. <laughs> I just, oh man, I love Nicolas Cage in this movie so much. I love, I love Nicolas Cage overall. You know when so. you first meet um, his his girlfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. and he's talking about like how evil it would be to bring a baby into this world yeah. and then she immediately tells him she's pregnant and then he does a complete 180 it's a complete 180 it's just like what do you think about it now and it's like and he's like no it's, it's been a while it's been a while like i it's, that's him, in it's the past. been seven seconds okay yeah in there and he's like a lot's happened since then <laughs> this is such an amazing character introduction oh. honestly nicholas cage man there's no one else that I think could have pulled that off as well. Yeah. There's sure. no one. Like, it's so made for him. But you know what was so sad was I actually planned on watching all of these films in one. Like, I was going <laughs> to watch them in a row. Oh, no. But actually, during this film, I got a nosebleed and I passed out, like, <laughs> halfway through. It was the toxin, you know? Yeah, you and I, am, I don't know what happened. I've oh, had shit. Like, I hope you're I have doing no idea. good, man. I'm fine. But <laughs> it's like it's just the pure up. Michael Bay awesomeness and Nicolas Cage just <laughs> yeah, fucking just caused an bleeding. aneurysm. <laughs> oh my god. That's Bl- just blend that's, past that's out. also like the most action movie thing ever. <laughs> Crit, I know, is like, like, Crit passes out because everything is overwhelming <laughs> and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what was happening, okay? It was all hazy. There was Michael Bay, there was crashes, Nicolas Cage, Sean Connery. I didn't know what was happening, man. I just had an Osbury to pass out. It was yep. too much. You're like flexing all the muscles in your face. <laughs> <laughs> your brain about to pop out like oh my god happy. the awesomeness yeah this is what yes. too much awesomeness does to a person yeah no this is your brain this is your brain on nick cage <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i had a rough time because i had to wake up and then finish this movie <laughs> <laughs> but man oh i love how they introduce sean connery in this film they introduce him like he's fucking osama bin laden like yeah, he's fucking serious black. Yeah. <laughs> like the way they film him is so fucking sinister, like he's Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> True, but it is. It is. It's very... so fantastic. What, you, what did you guys think about uh, Gen- General Hummel's uh, cast? What do you mean? Oh, like his whole oh motivation. Because I was with him, I was like, just pay him the hundred million, like just let it go. (laughs) they did their service. Like, yeah, I absolutely understand, but I'm not on board. Like, I'm on board Mm -hmm. with the cause, but not the action. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, but it's a it's a tricky one actually because it's like there's no way of getting the results that he wants any other way any other way mm-hmm. and it was probably not gonna hurt anyone yeah he, I that mean, was his I, plan right yeah i genuinely believe that i mean he says eventually that their whole tactic was built on the threat mm-hmm. 
yeah. of violence. Mm-hmm. It's all but, about bluff. Yeah, but he, you know, they called the bluff, it's over. Yeah. That, and I like that scene where they first talk to him in the, in the conference room. And mm-hmm. they're yeah. explaining, like, who he is. And the guy's like, he's a fucking American hero. Yeah. I love that. And then I love that little interaction that they have. Like, the one guy has, like, the little outburst at him. And he goes, I don't want to hear that man talk ever again. If he <laughs> talks, I end the phone call. Yeah. yeah, on a serious note, this is, I think, by far the, the one you could take the most serious out of these three movies. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's, there's a lot of ambiguity surrounding the character dynamics of, like, the, the ethics of both sides, basically. The way this movie is, it is definitely absolutely silly and the acting and the directing and everything works together to be silly, but that script could have been a very serious action movie as well, and it could have worked for that. Whilst I couldn't say that about the other two movies we're gonna discuss later on. The other two had to be that silly. silly. Yeah. Yeah, they had to be that silly to work. But this really is on paper it's a good script man <laughs> there's there's it some is. great character development there's stuff happening the the little twists and turns the the actual crime story makes are interesting the plans the the people crafted on both sides to overcome those obstacles are interesting like the the location itself the rock the name giving rock mm-hmm. um it's it's all really entertaining and it's 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 a tight script like, I know Michael Bay's a little bit of a shitpost yeah. when it comes to directors. Like, he's not taken as seriously as other people. But I will say, what Michael Bay does, no other director can do. Nowhere near as well. Like, mm-hmm. they just can't. Yeah. Pulling this movie off is so difficult in the way that he did it. Like, you could get a different director, and this film could have been technically better. The, di- the directing could have been a bit more purposeful. I don't know. Yeah. But executing it to the point where say we have the gas chamber scene that is genuinely <laughs> intense. Yeah. It is mm-hmm. very fucking is. intense. And yeah. finding the balance between having the intensity of that scene but also like kind of comedy where like he's got the needle and they're telling him to stab it in his heart. <laughs> and he's like yeah. trying to muster up the courage to do it and then he doesn't do it. There's humor and there's genuine intensity in that right sure. and then after that it gives you the perfect relief of when he's like i nearly put this in my fucking heart yeah. <laughs> it's genuinely incredible unironically michael bay tapped into something he just made something that i didn't expect him to be able to make and i do think the performances are a are a big help especially in in the case of nicholas cage because he knew when to play it serious and when to play it silly. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. his character really is... Like, if you would take the script serious and try to make a serious movie out of it, I think the Nick Cage character would be the biggest hurdle to achieve that. There is just an inherent silliness in that character. It might have been different on the paper. Maybe Nick Cage was a part of some funny lines or some, you know, some decisions that character makes. Um, maybe that was due to that. But if that character with all of his lines, with all of his actions, with the way he behaves around women, if that was all on paper, then that character would have been the biggest hurdle to make this into a serious movie. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. 
but he just the the way it is in this movie nick cage perfectly juggles the tone of it i think this is one of the things that is very underrated about nick cage even like to now is like obviously people talk about nick cage as if he's almost a parody you know but what they don't really give him credit for is when he knows when to be full cage and when to not Mm -hmm. you know he is a very fantastic actor regardless of all of the jokes and stuff like he's a very good dramatic actor and he's a very good comedic actor and he taps into like the jim carrey ness sometimes and Mm -hmm. he knows when to do that and when to not which is a skill i don't think is attributed to him Mm -hmm. as much as it should be because you know in this film especially he has to play both because it is really a guy on this mission that he really didn't sign up for Mm-hmm. You know, he's just kind of in this situation now. You know the scene where they're first interrogating Mason? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the first guy goes in and he gets nothing out of him. And then they just send in Stanley because they're like, well, we've got no other option, so <laughs> go and have a crack at it. And he goes in there and he just promises him everything. He's like, <laughs> yeah, you're going to yeah. get out. Yeah, you want the hotel? Go for the suite. You know, like... He's just giving him everything, taking the handcuffs off, getting him coffee. But he gets the cooperation out of him. And so, although it is a really funny scene, the drama of it's played really well as well. Yeah, there's there's like essential plot points that have to be conveyed in that scene. And they they come across like nothing's missing to make the story work. Yeah, it's not like they're opting for the comedy to take over the, the sense Mm-hmm. of the scene you know it's still cohesive it still makes sense it's still believable to but it's degree, still yeah. really funny yeah <laughs> believable for this already established somewhat silly universe we're in yeah. right now yeah. yeah 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 so i think i think i think it's 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 so good so good i really liked it i'm just i'm just like checking i've watched so many nicholas cage movies Oh, I good. usually I'm You've drawn a to a life. movie if uh, if Nicolas Cage is there because he's been like a presence throughout my childhood, you know. Oh, good. Uh, with National Treasure, um, yeah. Kick Ass, yeah. and all of like these action movies, you know. Like mm-hmm. some of these movies, I noticed that I've watched them before. So Connor, The Rock, I think I've watched it before. Face Off, I might have seen like the end or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like he's been. A total presence throughout my life and I do love him and he's in some movies that are special to me uh, like knowing you know the one about the, the aliens and adaptation yeah um, peak Mandy like it's crazy you just mentioned there for a second the national treasure movies and I mm-hmm. actually wrote down about this movie this is the absolute blueprint for the National Treasure movies. Yeah, it, because he bro. then gets the documents, right? Like they drop is that. They drop uh, the all the presidential secrets that the, the Sean Connery character knows, like the alien landing in Roosevelt or something I wrote down, mm-hmm. which is like such a book of pres- of the president kind of secret of national treasure, you know. Yeah, this is the prequel, guys. Yeah, it, it, it they have they have the whole 
chase sequence through the mining tunnels which is like almost mm. an adventure movie already yeah i wrote down that that mines thing is very indiana jones yeah mm-hmm. yeah like it felt super indiana jones in that scene mm-hmm. and it's like action in a way that michael bay's never done before yeah because obviously michael bay you know, he's known for the great practical crashes and explosions and stuff like that. And he's really good at directing that stuff. But like in the mines, it's really small almost, you know, it's very enclosed and a bit silly. You know, it's less like big explosions. Whoa, man, ah, steel. It's more just like a goofy little underground chase. Yeah. And it's it's really cards. good. Yeah, it's very Steven Spielberg. It's very Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, totally felt that. Yeah, it, like it's in really comparison good. to you know the action that it gives us in Transformers, it's just completely. Yeah, you know. Quickly to your point, where you was talking about Nicolas Cage being a part of like your life. For one, same. The only film we watched this time that I hadn't seen before was The Rock. Mm-hmm. But I had seen Conair and Face Off before. But I've seen pretty much nearly every Nicolas Cage film. I'm I'm very much on board with Nicolas Cage. I saw Renfield recently. And that's honestly what made me really, really hyped to do this. Just because that film is fine. Mm. It's an okay film. You know, it's not great or anything, but it's passable. But Nicolas Cage, every single scene he's in... He brings it, you know, like, and he knows the tone. He knows when to do the serious stuff. He knows when to do the funny, goofy Dracula shit. I bring that up to say that I can tell that's just an evolution of this. You know, it's like, it's him mastering what he's figuring out here. Yeah. And obviously we see him kind of figure that out throughout this trilogy. This, you know, not (laughs) official trilogy anyway. And even though he gets a bit more silly, as as the trilogy goes, he does have really good dramatic moments in the other two. I just, I love the man. <laughs> I think I have the least uh, contact points with Nick Cage out of all of us. I also grew up loving the National Treasure movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, however, not really aware of the whole action Nick Cage era, you know, um, growing up at least. However, I have seen Face Off a few years ago, and now once I rewatch or once I watched Con Air, I realized that I had seen at least the ending of it as well. Like in my mind, I could connect him as an action legend, even as a kid, but I couldn't have told you a single movie of this. Um, but this, yeah, this really, really works. I am fascinated by the fact that this one is the most serious one and <laughs> considering one the, that it's the, the Michael three, yeah. Bay movie of the trilogy. I oh, know that's that's the scariest the, part in it. Yeah, this is the most serious one. Absolutely blew me away. I a few years ago uh, checked out Face Off for the first time and I heard amazing things about it. I was I I enjoyed it a lot. I expected a bit of a technically speaking better movie. Um, back then and that's kind of the expectation i had this time going into the rock and damn i was yeah i was blown away this this is just better on any 
on any level you could think about than than what I expected yeah. from it. It might have my favorite Michael Bay shot. I I knew it from imagery before, but I didn't expect it to be in this movie. I wasn't aware that it's coming up. But once he by the end lights the two flares, go, goes down on his mm. knees, and the five freaking jets fly directly over him, mm. <laughs> making the little flower almost shape. That uh, could have been a cover. The the cover, the the poster. Yeah, know? for real. It's yeah. It's such an iconic shot. I mean what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, honestly, there's some, like, really cool directing choices in this. Mm -hmm. Especially within the fight scenes. Like, fight scenes in Michael Bay movies aren't ever, like, that special. You know, they're not, like, John Wick or anything. But yeah. they're weirdly rough and imaginative in this film. I mean, you know that, that the one death where they put one of the, the balls of the gas... Yeah. In the guy's uh -huh. mouth. In the mouth. And then yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. <laughs> but brutal. I think that I have a problem. Like I get easily bored with pum pum pum, pow pow pow, ha ta ta ta. You know, <laughs> they're just you know, you're about to <laughs> doing cartwheels. <laughs> you know, they're just doing cartwheels through, you know, through rains of bullets. And I get tired of that exchange, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. Other than that, like close quarters fights, they were fun. Uh, especially that scene in the mine, that was pretty funny. You know when he lit up the the guy's legs on fire. Um, yeah, that was the the part was fun. And even I I fully agree. I I uh, probably gun fights are my least favorite type of action scenes because yeah. for the most part they are hardly ever creative. Mm -hmm. But here there was this scene, the standoff in the bathroom, where they just entered yeah. the, the SWAT team or whatever it was, Navy SEALs. And it's not even that much the fight scene itself. Even though I liked it, like it's absolutely chaotic. But that whole fight scene is supposed to be absolutely chaotic. Like both sides lost control mm -hmm. over the situation, yeah. basically. So it makes sense. And it works for that. But the the real awesome part about it was the verbal standoff before then. Like yes, the, yes, I yes. loved that shit. That was a really well-written dialogue. Yeah, because you're there watching that. You know that the General Hummel is very, you know, you know what he stands for. He's not a, he's not a murderer. Like he's not going to murder these people. And you can see the doubt in his eyes. And you see the doubt in his... Um, how do you say left hand uh guy you know yeah right hand it's not left it's right right <laughs> yeah. um and and then you begin to question these marines that you know they enlisted they wanted to save people and they swore to protect and whatever what is going through their minds to the point that you know they're not getting the money why do they even want to finish the job in the first place like why do they want to make a show of forces i stood there as you know the the chases were going on and the gunfights and whatever you know bullets were flying i was just wondering the why of the um, the marines just being so bratty and so you know evil all of a sudden 
I mean, we did notice from that one scene in the the bathroom, uh, that mm -hmm. big one, yeah, where there was an exchange of uh, bullets. You know, they were like, "We're on the same side. Like, we don't want anything to do with this." But you know, I cannot stand down. I will not put my weapons down. Yeah, and both sides had the serious arguments. Like you could understand both sides' situation in that moment. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of the ending of that standoff was kind of inevitable. Like the moment yeah. it started, and the moment the philosophies of both sides were established, you knew where it's going to go. But it's it was still so intense with both yeah. sides trying to de-escalate the situation somehow without ever having an option for it. Yeah, it was a matter of who is going to fire the first bullet there. Yeah, um, and I think then it was even something where someone dropped something and someone took that as a shot, mm -hmm, right? The rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are like the scenes that I would highlight. That one scene, and then towards the end, when they, you know, the the marines are beginning to turn on General Hummel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that one as well. I would also like to highlight one moment where in the character dynamic of Nick Cage and John Connery, you have that absolute 180 once they found the rockets. So in, in the beginning, you can see in the interrogation scene and also when they, even when they walk around the rock itself, when it's just the two of them left, Sean Connery is always in control. Like he knows yeah. how to handle the situation. He is that's his expertise. And Nick Cage is absolutely reliant on Sean Connery. However, once the rockets are found, he has uh, that sentence, Mason the second, you don't respect this, it kills you. Which is almost the same second a sentence they say to the barber in the beginning about Sean Connery. It, yeah. it it's like said with the same uh <laughs> the same like tone the same and man. everything mm -hmm. yeah just one hour later so it's a full 180 where mason is really scared basically of the situation and nick cage yeah. is in full control he's also his the way he speaks the way he pronounces it's stuff at that point he's absolutely a different person in that moment yeah i think they entered that room and he immediately fires a bullet like there's a guy and then he says don't ever hesitate or you cannot hesitate and yeah. then there's like a guy to the right just like unholstering his gun <laughs> getting ready to fire it. he has like the slowest reaction <laughs> and i'm like what do you mean <laughs> you just said you can't hesitate and you just did like <laughs> that was funny i also love that moment when they are both imprisoned and the way uh, Nick Cage immediately flees himself into the moral high ground. Like he talks about yeah. them. Yeah, what the fuck are those Americans uh, trying to be patriotic? And then, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he didn't complain once about any ethics or any morals until at that point. And the moment he was backed into the corner, he was like, but I'm the better person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that scene when they were in prison, they, it was funny when it was like, so. You managed to do this, this, and that, but how the <laughs> yeah. hell did you get out of that cage? And then, and then that my guy is like trying. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was very funny because you can see the difference between these two characters when one is like keeps complaining, you know, and like keeps 
putting the problem in their head and the other one takes action and it's just like already trying to solve the situation. Yeah, already it works and yeah. mainly only complaining about Nick Cage and that he should stop talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like The Rock. I love The Rock. Mm. Not Dwayne Johnson, the movie. <laughs> you know that I thought that when I, I saw the title, I didn't like check the poster and, and I was like, The Rock. And I was thinking this is going to be like some B movie about, you know, The Rock playing a rock, The Rock or something. <laughs> I don't know. I was not aware. It took me out for a bit and then I checked it and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but very misleading that... nowadays. Yeah, it <laughs> the is. The Rock really got a different meaning at this point. You know, I, I actually, I love that little moment where Stanley's explaining what happened. Well, what the situation is to him once they get there. Mason's like, so the rocks become a tourist attraction now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Genuinely, like, it's such a little line, but he, like, try and imagine that. You've been thrown into an inescapable prison, right, for your crimes or whatever. And you're the first person to ever break out of there. It's one of the most infamous prisons ever made. And then you go to jail in a hole in the middle of nowhere for like, I don't know how many years it was. It was like Decades, 30 years probably. or something. 30, yeah. Yeah. Like 30 years. And then you come out and then you find out that prison's now just a tourist attraction. Yeah. Yeah. The place where he suffered. Yeah. It must blow it. Like that must be absolutely mind blowing. Oh, and I also love that scene where they bring back the whole needle in the heart thing. Because mm -hmm. Nicolas mm -hmm. Cage has to do it to himself. Yeah. And he does. They didn't it. need to do that. You know, they didn't need to bring that back, but they did. Yeah. And I like that. Also great, like, serious introduction stuff. The way how the first two action scenes in the movie are, first of all, the heist when the bad guys, I guess, are getting the poison gas, those green yeah. balls. And then we get the introduction of the Nick Cage character also surrounding the same gas. And just mm -hmm. in a different environment where he is trying to disarm this bomb. I thought that was lovely. Yeah, it's really good storytelling. It really is. It's weird. It's mm -hmm. so weird that it's a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. <laughs> America. One, more aspect I can... <laughs> One more aspect I can point out is the prop design was great. Like the, yeah. the green balls itself. They look super balls. interesting. Yeah. They look like they could be put on my bubble tea. Wait, so <laughs> this is such a funny thing. Wait, so you thought they looked like the bubbles in like boba tea? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought they were like green goblin pumpkin bombs. <laughs> it's, our, it's the difference the between you and me, you know? <laughs> that says a lot. And the other thing that I also realized was beautiful props were the, the little propeller diving things they had. Mm -hmm. You know, the yeah. one person submarine yeah. kind of thing. That was also really pretty. It was giving James Bond, you know? It mm -hmm. was. Wink, wink. Mm -hmm. I guess to give some criticism. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> there is obviously quite some stupidity in this, but I just wanted to say it real quick to mention it because <laughs> the others have more of that. Let's, let's be fair. The music with bass directing is always a, a little... Uh, yeah, it, it could be a little more self-aware in that department because I feel like this movie is really at most points 
aware of its own silliness. Like if it is silly, uh, it all feels intentionally silly. But there are overdramatic, cheesy moments with the ending and with like the big re reuniting with him and his wife and stuff that really try to be all of the sudden out of nowhere super serious and they just aren't <laughs> you know? and, and that's kind of where the movie falls apart a bit but mm -hmm. it's so such a tiny part of the movie that i i don't i can't really complain about it too much and i will complain about it more with the others <laughs> i love the music yeah I, I don't know what you mean you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> I also wrote down a few one-liners of each movie. I think by the end okay, of this, we're yeah. gonna have to award which movie had the funniest one-liners. Oh, I already know which one that is. Conner. No, it's Face Off, for no. sure. Nah. It, it's The Rock, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's The Rock, actually. <laughs> yeah. We're all disagreeing. It's absolutely so I'm gonna make my case for The Rock with, uh, by naming a few of my favorites. I'm a chemical super freak, actually. I'm a chemical super freak, yeah. <laughs> was great. Earlier you wanted a gun, now you get a gun with a wetsuit. And you breathe, he breathes with you. You piss, he helps. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, honestly, I think they're all great picks. Mm. So yeah, do you want to do ratings? Yeah, I think so. This is a 7 out of 10 for me, unironically. Great movie. Yeah, for me as well. 7. It's an 8 for me. Awesome. <laughs> nice. So next movie, Connor, thoughts? <laughs> George, you go first. You never go first. I never go oh, first. Me? Oh, oh uh, ah. am I? Um, yeah, this movie about the whole thing of being self-aware with tonality and music. This movie basically opens with that. <laughs> <laughs> We we start into the cheesiest Top Gun romance scene level of unaware. This is a serious romantic scene right now. And luckily, it doesn't stay through like that throughout the whole movie. But when this movie started, I was afraid. <laughs> no, though, I don't think it's unaware. I think it's really aware. I mean, Simon West directed it. Who directed Tomb Raider, the Angelina Jolie one, um, mm -hmm. The Mechanic, mm -hmm. The Expendables, Wild Card. Like, his thing just kind of is tongue-in-cheek action. All right. You know, he never takes himself too seriously, so I don't think that was, like, a sincere try mm -hmm. at, like... Yeah, maybe, massive romance. Maybe it, it was already for him, like, uh... He's so far down the rabbit hole where he made like a yeah, let's make the most the cheesiest start ever. And and he's yeah, like so many levels. Uh, so many levels. And of, very cliche. Yeah. It's so many levels of winking at the audience that it might have been going over my head again. So at least in the first few scenes that I, mean, I felt it, again as if it was meant <laughs> seriously. I I do think it's very self-aware. I mean, there's that scene where um Cage comes off the bus. Is it for the first time before they get on the plane? 
Mm-hmm. And like the wind's like blowing in his hair. <laughs> yeah. so. He does that stupid little smile, yeah. like. <laughs> and he has he has that long coat floating yeah. in the wind. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, fantastic. Like he has to be like he has to be that, so self aware. Yeah, at at that point, I'm I was convinced. Okay, this is self aware again. I felt like the first romance scene before that was a bit more sincere. Oh, uh, but maybe maybe it was equally as. You know, I think I think it was also tongue in cheek. All right, all right. Personally, anyway, but you know, it doesn't matter either way. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Con Air. <laughs> Throughout this whole movie, I had this fun thing going on in my mind where I constantly was reminded of being John Malkovich with both John <laughs> Cusack and John Malkovich playing in this, and this just happened like. T- one or two years before being John Malkovich, so that that must have been a really odd <laughs> experience for them to return to such a different movie together. But yeah, it's it it was quite a lot of fun seeing them this way around. Uh, I'm not as big on the general acting in this one. I think <laughs> <laughs> I think John Cusack uh, in particular isn't actually that good of an actor. He worked in being John Malkovich. He kind of doesn't for me here. Malkovich himself, very funny in this. Yeah, I you know John Malkovich is one of those. We mentioned it in a different episode, but you know we we mentioned at uh, at some point that Philip Seymour Hoffman never has a bad performance no matter what movie he's in Mm -hmm. that's the same for john malkovich in my opinion every john malkovich performance is at least fun Mm -hmm. you know he he has a scale from fun to a genuinely incredible performance yeah it gives what the part needs Mm -hmm. for sure Yeah, yeah like he just he absolutely killed and it's such a corny role yeah, <laughs> that I feel like only him and Nicolas Cage could have pulled off Cyrus the virus. <laughs> Cyrus the virus, yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb. I, I totally Cyrus forgot about that name. Virus. That's <laughs> that's amazing. Cyrus the virus. As soon as you hear that, you know exactly what movie this is about to be. Yeah. So, Bia, what's what's your first take on Con Air? Oh, I loved it because I first forgot that this movie was this movie because as i said before most of the movies in the 2000s that i watched when i was uh, a child were movies that were nameless and uh, they would go on tv you know and you'd just click on it and just watch it you probably like catch the movie like halfway like mm-hmm. you remember that type of culture where you just sit by your couch and you're like oh this seems fun let me watch it and it's like 20 minutes to the end um and this one was one of those where i watched it with my family back then probably like two or three times and i never knew the the name of it so uh going into the movie i forgot that you know this was the movie that i was going to watch uh, because I didn't know its name. And I, as the other times, I have a blast. Because it's just so funny and it's nostalgic at, at the same time, you know, watching these types of movies. I don't think that, you know, there's this 2000s charm, uh, early, not early, late 90s charm that it, it was kind of lost and the the silliness that is allowed into the scripts it's it's just so funny. 
yeah, I had a blast. Like, I love Nicolas Cage's presence in this movie. <laughs> it's just so iconic. With is is it a wig? It's a wig, right? I don't know. Is it? It's, it's such it, a weird. It has uh, to be. It's so weird. It looks super. It looks so awkward. bad. Yeah. yeah, you just look at him, and it looks wrong. <laughs> yeah, it does look uh, wrong, and. I just love that he's, he's, this is he's a very stern, uh, cold, but at the same time, he's very warm for, you know, his friends and his family. And uh, he has these anger issues, but, you know, he's an American hero, so he's forgiven for that. I mean, he's not forgiven because he's serving, I, re I guess. Mm -hmm. But apart from that, he's a very uh, iconic character um, in the sense that it's just so... It's just a caricature, you know, of the typical action uh, hero that American movies usually uh, go for. Apart from that, was um, curious to see John Cusack in this movie because I didn't remember him. Um, um, this was probably the first movie that I watched from him, uh, knowing now that he was in it, you know, mm -hmm. Um because I didn't have a name for him. Um, the first time that I uh, remember watching John was in 2012, the yeah. movie about the, the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. I love that movie, and <laughs> I love John Cusack in it. He's one of those actors that, you know, is not very uh, good at his job. <laughs> well he's said. Not, okay? Well said. He's not, okay? <laughs> but... He still tries to give his best. I feel like, you know, he's having fun. He's giving his best. And, you know, I'm there for it. And he Pierre's definitely... Pierre's here like... Just giving like Giving out a participation medal. Participation badge. You did yeah, your best, participation badge for him. You arrived. You were here. Yeah. I'm proud of you. But I have... A, I have a... Um, how do you say it? It's very dear to me. Yeah. Because of his presence in movies that I really enjoy, you know, and uh, even if he's not a good actor, you know, it's a face that you associate with certain parts that you really liked and certain characters that you did really liked. So this one was also interesting. And John Malkovich um, is just it, you know, it just has that it for uh, villainous characters. I would compare him to what was his name the nazi uh, general in Boris Passers yeah just you know he has that same kind of um he gives what the part needs and sometimes he exceeds that need and i i just love to watch him every every single time it was interesting to see this trio very unlikely trio in this movie Apart from that, concept, amazing, love it, plot, <laughs> out of the roof, <laughs> five stars. <laughs> uh, it just keeps you on your toes, you know, and it's just a fun, what I call Saturday movie. You know, you gather the family, you just turn on the TV and it's the movie that it's on on some random channel and you just watch it and you just have fun and you're there for all the emotional bumps um, in this ride. You know, mm -hmm. another thing, like talking about emotional bumps in this movie. <laughs> I cried at the end. I don't know what's happening. Oh like, 
Why are I don't you know crying if it's... in Nicolas Cage movies? I don't know if it's daddy issues. Like, he was hugging his daughter. like, And I was like, oh my god, that's so cute, you know? He, he went through all of this rubble, oh, like, no. all of these struggles, and... <laughs> He finally did it. He saved his friend. He made a friend with a friendship with a guard. You know, he saved her. He saved America, not America, but you know, the plane. <laughs> saved Everyone America. Then she saved America. <laughs> but uh, he saved the the guards. He like, damn, what a hero! And then he gets to you know, go to his family, meet his family, meet his daughter for the first time, and she's a little bit you know apprehensive at the beginning, but then. Um, she just, you know, she folds and she hugs him. And I was like, oh my God. You know, I will say, I liked that they added in that little bit of apprehension mm-hmm. for the daughter. Like, it's weirdly good filmmaking. Like, to yeah, just have sense. it in. Yeah, like, because I expected them to, like, reunite and then she'd just be like, yeah, dad. Yeah, blah, daddy. Blah. <laughs> but no, she's kind of like, oh, I don't know about this, actually. <laughs> What's that wig? Who's this man? Yeah, no. I actually wrote down my very last note on this movie is awful kid acting. She looks terrified from <laughs> hugging him. <laughs> I actually have a note about the wig. Um, it's a wig, right? I, 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 have... I think it's a wig. Yeah. I just be. read that the hair is faker than the accent. <laughs> 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 oh my god, the accent is just so good. Oh I don't believe that accent for one second. <laughs> no, I mean either. It's just that good, you know? It's really bad. It's an awful accent. Why did he have like he didn't need it. No, you know, it wasn't vital to the character to be southern. He could have been from anywhere. He could have just had Nicola Nicholas Cage's accent and he would have been fine. I wonder if they were like trying to play it for an audience like you know how there's this awful jokes about black people throughout the movie and indigenous people and and i'm like maybe you know the main character being southern you know a good old southern boy maybe maybe they're playing for that crowd i don't know they might be maybe i mean yeah to be fair this movie racist as hell yeah. But like, when, it's mm-hmm. kind of okay because they're all like cons, so yeah. they're all supposed yeah. to be bad people. Yeah, but, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, to be fair, speaking of that, in the comedy, um, fucking Dave Chappelle is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I about that. <laughs> One of the biggest flaws of this <laughs> movie boy. is how fast they got rid of Dave Chappelle. Like, <laughs> he was yeah. the most hilarious <laughs> thing about this movie in the beginning. I literally wrote down... Uh, this was one of my favorite liners of this movie. You smell like someone shit in your mouth. <laughs> well, he told me he loved me. <laughs> he loved me, yeah. <laughs> and I love That's that moment where, line. you know, when he sets the guy on fire, mm-hmm. and he's explaining what's happened. He's like, I don't know, he was just sitting there and he just spontaneously <laughs> combusted. I know he didn't. Oh my God. But yeah, I was. <laughs> I was it's just so funny. Through, I was writing a note, right? I was literally like watching the movie and then I, I looked down on my notepad to write a note and I was just writing who the fuck picks on veterans. Because I was thinking about the previous scene when, you know, those guys beat up Nicolas Cage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, in America, who the fuck picks on veterans? Like, no one does that. That's such a weird thing to do in America. Yeah. As I was writing that, I took like a quick glance up at the screen and I was like, 
Okay. And then I look back down and then I had to do a double take. I was like, is that fucking Dave Chappelle? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is Dave Chappelle doing in this movie? <laughs> I was shocked. It's the 90s golden era. <laughs> yeah, know? back when Dave Chappelle was like actually funny, you know? This was this was prime time Dave Chappelle. Prime. But on the topic of the cast, one guy that's usually quite funny that wasn't on purpose was Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Steve Buscemi. Oh. Steve Buscemi yeah. showed up and I was like, oh shit. Steve Buscemi. You know, I, everyone loves everyone loves the bus. Mm-hmm. The Buscemi, right? So he showed up, I was like, oh sick man, he's gonna say some funny shit. And he did not. <laughs> He was he had scary a line. as fuck. He had a, um, yeah, no, I think he had it was lines, the but none girly, of them were scary. Like, Do you take medication? And he goes like, no, what was it? Are you sick? Yeah, I'm sick. Um, Do you take medication? Um, No, I, I can't. No, what yeah, was he says, it? It's like, not funny. He says um, there's no medication for what I have. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty. Dead. Yeah, it's like. Kind of, but I found it funny. Like, not funny as in... A... <laughs> he is just laughing at mentally ill people. <laughs> it's a very sincere line. No, but it, this was not about... This was about the pedophilia, right? I don't know. No, he's on about just he's insane. Medically, he's insane. So she asked if he's sick, and he is. And then, obviously, there's no medication for being insane. Oh, then I got it. I got it wrong. wrong. <laughs> Bia's just sitting there. Bia just sitting there, waiting for the one serious line throughout the whole movie to burst out laughing. What? <laughs> it, I... Then he said the thing about the irony in the plane, um, because that was they were funny. dancing to a song that was made by. Um, yeah, it was Three Home Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was a funny line, but it was like, it was a joke, which is the difference. Like, a lot of this film is funny because, like, the context is funny and the way people mm-hmm. deliver lines is funny. But that was like a purposely written joke. Oh, if, yeah, if yeah, I mean. yeah. So it's, but I don't it think feels his different. character, mm-hmm. I don't think his character asks for, you know, a very upbeat thing that's true oh, no, no. not at all yeah. that's true. Yeah. it's not that i just find it weird that steve weird buscemi that is in a film French. that you know has a lot of comedy in it but he's the only uh-huh. thing that isn't comedic mm-hmm. you know he's in a film with john malkovich and he's the serious one yeah <laughs> it just feels very very crazy but i do agree that dave Chappelle went out way too quickly <laughs> it did it's a funny character. He didn't have enough. He didn't have enough screen time. Yeah. Also, can I just say, Steve Buscemi should be doing way more character work, like way more non-comedic roles. I've said mm-hmm. this before, but he has so much potential, mm-hmm. and it just gets wasted on Adam Sandler movies. Now, <laughs> I'd love the Sandman. Don't get me wrong, right? Grown ups is my shit. <laughs> but Steve Buscemi has has been wasted his entire career. Like, he has, like, what, two serious roles? He has this, which is weird to say that this is one of them. Serious one. This and Reservoir Dogs. That's pretty much it. Big Fish. Didn't, it was on Big Fish, wait. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what he played in King of Staten Island. He's, um, he's, um, he's, He's like Bill Burr's friend. Like, he's also a fireman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but even it's a comedic role that is. Mm-hmm. You know, he's telling the story mm-hmm. about um, uh, Pete Davidson's dad, like being on cocaine or whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you're, you're um, right. Like, of of all those roles I've seen, yeah, there's really not that much serious stuff in there. Yeah, it's quite weird, isn't it? But yeah, Steve Buscemi kills it, mm-hmm. and I feel like his character should have had more screen time, honestly. Because they built up to him as well, like a lot. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of mythos, and then he was in the cage, and then John Malkovich was like, yeah, we shouldn't blah, 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 cage. And then he does that, big fan of your work. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then you let him out, and he doesn't really do much the no. entire time. He just kind of sits there and says things every now and then. Yeah, the, he's the red herring of the movie. To talk about jokes, actually, he does say something that was really funny. It was fucking crazy, but it was funny. Where... Nicholas Cage's character. Uh, we should learn their names. <laughs> Cameron, Poe. Po, po. Oh right, right, Poe, isn't it? Yeah, right, Cameron Poe. Yeah, when um Cameron says to him, "You murdered like kids or whatever," and then Steve Buscemi's character says something like, "The last girl I killed, I drove through like three yeah. states wearing her face as a hat." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was insane. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like some real Hannibal Lecter line delivery bullshit. Mm-hmm. I don't, oh, man, I just enjoyed. I just enjoyed it. Also, can we can we just give props to Nicolas Cage for a second again? He is mm-hmm. fucking ripped in this movie. Yeah, True. he is. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for, for how big <laughs> he is. Like, cause he, you know, when he's wearing like the coats or the shirts or whatever, it's fine. You don't really notice it. And then he goes just into like the the tank top thing. Mm-hmm. And his fucking biceps are like he, he's like John Cena. Like, what the Spunk. fuck happened to Nicolas Cage <laughs> for the few months of this? Is this probably his only role? No. Was he buffed on Kickass? Probably. I don't think so. I mean, we don't really see him outside of the suit that much, do mm-hmm. we? So mm. probably not. Yeah, he's buff as fuck in this movie. He was going for the American hero, you know? Yeah, he was. He really was. Like, he put in way too much effort for Con Air. <laughs> <laughs> like, I also, mean, it paid, we... it paid it off. It did. It did. Also, another thing. The name, Con Air, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is fucking stupid. It's hilarious, <laughs> beautiful, sums up the movie perfectly. Because, you know, when you don't know what the film's about, you're like, Con Air, what the fuck does that even mean? You won't decipher it beforehand. You you don't really spoil yourself by knowing the name. But it's kind of perfectly dumb, simple description of yeah, the movie at the same time. Con Air. Yeah. And then John the... Malkovich says it, and then you're like, oh, oh yeah, he said it. He said it. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how they have a, a eagle. In the poster between oh, yeah. Con and Air. Tr- true American bullshit. This is. The po- <laughs> I mean, we spoke about this before recording, but that poster's horrible. It's the worst poster I've ever seen. It's so bad. So It's, it's shitty, and I love it. Particularly uh, for the people checking on Letterboxd right now, that's not the, the problem has been removed there. But if you look it oh, up... Oh, has it? Yeah, the, on Letterboxd, it's just a clean a one. one. But if you find the poster where they have the names on them, then you will see that the names, they, they do not line up oh, yeah, with the faces have... of the actors. 
I mean, it I just slightly to, to the left. Yeah, and Even... also it's wrong. It's the wrong order. Look at the names and the faces it's just the names are over the wrong faces it's so <laughs> bad but even without the names just looking at the poster on letterbox is a fucking awful poster yeah yeah it's still yeah. not a it great poster it is really bad <laughs> really it's awful like it's, it's like, so, why so bad much, why so much fire jesus christ <laughs> why is there fire <laughs> why where is the fire coming it's from for, it's no for dave chappelle's character you know <laughs> There is like no fire in this entire movie, and then, and then they got this guy with the two guns at the bottom mm -hmm. of the poster. Who's that? Who is that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Who the I think it's the um, the militant like black revolution. Oh my god, black revolutionary guy. Oh wait, is it um yeah Ving like Ving Rhames? Let me see. Um, his character. Nathan, I think it was Diamond Dog, yeah, yeah, it's him. Yeah. yeah. Why is he on the poster? <laughs> he doesn't need to be <laughs> on the poster. I was going to say he has... <laughs> And he's like the central thing in the poster. He's right next to the fucking plane. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad, like, it's awful. <laughs> At that rate, they should slap Dave Chappelle on there, yeah. Steve Buscemi should be on there, and Danny Trejo should be on there as well. Mm -hmm. Also, can we talk about Danny Trejo in this movie? Danny who? What? Don, what the fuck? Danny Trejo. Oh, the the rapist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not Machete. Not the actor. <laughs> <laughs> the character. Yeah. Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> he just loved rape. Like, that yeah, was like it was his whole says. thing. He wasn't just a rapist, you know? Like, he loved rape. That was like his thing. Yeah. You know? He didn't care about anything else. He didn't like movies, video games, nothing. Right, he wasn't trying rape. to play no Mario. He, yeah, he didn't want no alcohol. He just raped. That's it. Yeah, everyone like, needs that's a hobby. Crazy. <laughs> that's so bonkers. Like, <laughs> even John Malkovich's character, you know, he killed. Cyrus the virus was a killer. Yep. But he didn't like get out and just be like, yeah, kill, kill, kill. You know, like he just he had a little plan. Danny Trejo was like, as soon as I get out, fucking raping, raping. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, dude. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you know, I like the weird um, morality of Cyrus, where he hates rapists. It's super weird, like his ethics. Yeah, because I, I didn't you know, even he... think twice about the ethics of the characters in Con Air. <laughs> let me be honest. Yeah, but like, how weird is it, right? That Cyrus <laughs> hates Johnny's character because he's a rapist, right? Uh huh. But then. Um, Steve Buscemi's character, I think it's Garland Green. He's a big fan of Garland Green, who kills children. Rapists, for me, you're somewhere between a cockroach and what white stuff that accumulates at the corner yeah. of your mouth when you're really thirsty. <laughs> yeah, so he, 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 fuck, he despises rapists, but child murderers are cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, his politics are super weird. I wouldn't vote for him. <laughs> you wouldn't? Okay. <laughs> But I, I would I will give him that. He could organize my next um holiday. <laughs> he oh, seems to true. be good with Damn. trip planning, you know. Big planner. <laughs> I love how crazy smart they made him as well. They made him like goofy smart. Mm -hmm. It was like, yeah, he has like three PhDs and <laughs> okay. He also goes by the name Cyrus the Virus. <laughs> Cyrus <so>. the Virus. <laughs> we gotta draw a line somewhere. There's no way he has three PhDs and he's Cyrus the Virus. It's no, one of them. 
but that name just gave us the best line ever <laughs> when he's going to burn um what was his name the guy that had to give the plane for them to you know go yeah. on vacation yeah he was about to burn him and he goes like sigh and he replies oh you know oh nara <laughs> I laughed out loud to oh, that. It's so stupid. Oh my god, it? it's, it's so, so bad. good. <laughs> it's fucking awful. I love it. That so line much. was great. Yeah, gotta give him that. Uh... One of my favorite scenes throughout the whole thing was when Dave Chappelle falls from the sky. And you have that sequence before that with just a random old couple we just got introduced mm -hmm. to standing oh. at the crossway, classical music playing, and all of a sudden Dave Chappelle is like, BAM! <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful yes. art, I might say. What a movie. What a, what a movie. movie. I mean, I know we haven't really spoken about Nicolas Cage for this film. Mm-hmm. But I feel like everything is just as crazy as Nicolas Cage's in this film. Yeah, true. So you kind of have to highlight everything. True, true. Because mm -hmm. there's not a second of this film that isn't ridiculous. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's yes, but also I feel like this one felt a bit bloated compared to the others, at least. So I, I, I don't have any statistics on this, but I wish I had. I feel like this movie has the most dialogue out of these three. And the dialogue is not as consistently funny as like the, the few absolutely hilarious lines that are in there. But, you know, it's still compared oh, no. to... I, I, I mean, felt like, like it's a bit stretched out due to the dialogue. Oh, no, I'm, I meant more like everything is evenly insane. Whereas, say, in The Rock... Mm -hmm. Nicolas Cage himself is on a different level to everything else mm -hmm. in terms of insanity. Yeah. But like Nicolas Cage and Dave Chappelle, mm -hmm. they're both kind of on the same level. Yeah, true. On goofiness. True. For sure. I mean, even John Cusack, who's playing like the straight man, isn't really the straight man. He's like fucking up the other guy's car. Yeah, true. Um, what's this? I'm, I'm getting things confused already was this in the rock or here where in the chase scene they derailed a tram so like a... that's the rock okay that's what was in the rock okay mm -hmm. more plus points to the rock then <laughs> yeah that's a really good chase scene. yeah michael bay blew the budget on that one i am actually unironically impressed that they was able to stretch so much out of such a little concept yeah <laughs> like every time you're like okay this is definitely where like this has got to end it doesn't end yeah like it they it go goes back into the plane crazy. yeah <laughs> it's like i don't know how how they managed it i mean they ended up doing a fucking like d-day storm of normandy scene where they're just trapping in these <laughs> these poor men that have come to arrest them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they just create this like little <coughs> valley of death. Yeah, no, it's stupid. And I like it. <laughs> and I like the old man that was under the truck. You know, that said he needed to piss. To be the, the odd one out for once again. Uh, some serious, serious criticism. Uh, cinematography oh. is at times really beautiful in this one. Uh, that being said. 
the editing might be the worst one of the, the three. Mm -hmm. There's several yeah. points throughout the movie where in any given scene they might cut back and forth three times between the same camera angle and nothing new gets revealed at any of these cuts like they are they are absolutely purposeless they are just there to make the movie not feel as long because something happened oh the image changed there for a second even though it is the same image we have seen three seconds before that as well um, okay listen i hear you yeah <laughs> i hear you i hear you yeah but, <laughs> but think about it for two seconds Mm -hmm. Think about what you've said. Mm -hmm. Your criticism mm -hmm. is that Con Air <laughs> has bad editing. Yes. Now <laughs> I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to take away from your point. Mm -hmm. But it's fucking Con Air. Yes. You know? But <laughs> here's. But here's the point. We're we're still talking about like all of these movies are dumb. That, that that was the sole premise to begin with. We all established that rule. <laughs> That's how far we are already uh, on one page. Here's the thing. I just try to like find the differences in those. And The Rock didn't have that bad of an editing. And Face Off was worse than The Rock when it comes to editing, but it was still better than Con Air. So I might as well point it out here that editing, mm, not that great. <laughs> You're just comparing the rottenness of apples. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're all inedible. It doesn't matter. But you know what? You gotta give them uh, these movies the same level of criticism you would give to, you know, a normal movie, a movie that you enjoy, that you consider, you know, more um, polished. Because it's fair. We love cinema here, you know. We gotta, we listen, gotta be fair. Listen, Bia, honest, I love you, but <laughs> there is no way. You are telling me that I need to view Con Air, Face Off, and The Rock in the same breath that I view Blade Runner 2049. You know, I can't. I'm incapable. <laughs> and I wish that I was capable. Okay. You gotta give it. You gotta but give it's not a Citizen chance, Kane. You know? It's not the Shawshank Redemption. You know, it's not enough to talk about good moments of editing in movies, okay? It is important also to highlight bad editing, okay? How can you tell that you have good editing that, that if you don't know what, what is yeah, what bad, bad editing you know? Is. Mm -hmm. exactly. You gotta have the scale. You gotta put the things on the spectrum. Okay, you but gotta, I just feel like you know? we're picking on children here. Like, this film isn't... <laughs> This film isn't reaching for the stars, <laughs> you know? It's not trying too hard. You know, the guy's just saying, point the camera that way, Maybe point the camera did. that way. Maybe Sir Simon West and Chris Levinson and Glenn Scantlebury and Steve Merkovich, these are the names of the editors. Maybe they did give their best, you know? And we gotta let them know. <laughs> that is very sad we gotta they let gave them their best. <laughs> We gotta let them know if they did a good job, you know? Mm -hmm. They did. They did a fantastic so, job. I fucking loved it. <laughs> Give them more work. I want them to more. edit the new Dune film. Yeah, I oh think the God. movie could have been like 15 minutes shorter. And if you would have removed a bunch of those useless cuts, then you might have gone down that <laughs> amount of time. I think so the, <laughs> the film should have been three hours. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I wanted way more. I was I, genuinely, I nearly cried at the end of this film just because it was <laughs> over. I wanted more. You I know mean, when, you know cry. that moment when they crash in like Las Vegas, and then they're mm-hmm. all crawling like underneath the the wreckage to get away. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, they're gonna be able to stretch like another hour after this. Where are they going? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, I thought there was way more, and then you know it ended, and I was really sad. Also, I just want to say that Beer um, is the first person in history to not cry just one, <laughs> but two Nicolas Cage movies. Whoa, let me surprise you. <laughs> oh, no. oh, boy. <laughs> she cried at face off. Let me. Let me. <laughs> Beer, if you cried at face off, I'm quitting the podcast. Honestly, I don't remember. It. Honestly, I'm, I might have. <laughs> oh, we can't be doing No, that. I did not because the ending is stupid. I remember being like, this is stupid. <laughs> no, That's I might have. The ending where you're like, nope, not buying it. Nope. Yeah, Bia was already prepared. Like, she prepared her handkerchiefs and pee. was sitting there already to wipe them away. And then she was all surprised when all of a sudden it was a dumb ending? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so ratings. George? It has 6 out of 50 stars on the American flag. 6 out of 50? God damn. <laughs> no, 6 out of 10. <laughs> 7 stars on the milita- military uniform. 7 okay. stars? 7. I had fun. This movie is special, okay? I forgot that this movie was this movie. Uh, so, you know... Love when that happens. (laughs) Always a good indicator. (laughs) (laughs) And I am going to give Con Air a 9 out of 10. I am not surprised. There was not a single second I didn't love. Yep. I guess that brings us to Face Off. Face Off is fucking amazing. Face Off is so good. I want, like, when this movie was over, I literally nearly pressed rewind and restart. Like, I was so ready to watch this again. (laughs) Like, it's genuine insanity from the jump. The cameras start rolling, and then Nick Cage comes up with the choir scene in his weird priest outfit for whatever reason. They don't explain why, where he is. He's just doing stuff. And it's sick. It is so good. Oh, the faces that this man pulls. I didn't think humans were, were capable. This might end up being my lowest rated, lowest rated movie today. However, I think I laughed more at this than at the other movies. It's really absolute batshit craziness. The, if you watch them in this order, then you also saw the progression of Nick Cage just going further and further down the rabbit hole into absolute madness of overacting. This is still taking it 10x to anything the other movies did. It's from the get-go until the end, Nick Cage just doing absolute Nick Cage insanity. And despite John Travolta trying to keep up as hard as he can with being as batshit crazy as he can channel himself, it's still Nick Cage stealing the show all the way through. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I honestly, John Travolta is so much better in this movie than you could ever expect him to be. Yeah. His Nicolas Cage like 
physical impression is golden. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I totally agree. He absolutely got the Nick Cage character down, but whatever his own character should have been is absolute batshit worse edit. Like, that's so horribly acted when he's playing himself. Yeah, it's, it's really that weird. was really bad. But once he put on the Nick Cage facade, he was amazing. And then once he returned to his normal character, it was like, "Ooh, what are you doing, there, man?" <laughs> I think, I think honestly, this movie just proves that John Travolta should have gone down in Nicolas Cage route. You know, <laughs> he should have just kept doing stupid, batshit, insane movies rather than trying to be a, a serious actor, because clearly that's not his thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not his thing. This, this is his thing. He found a groove in this movie. Also, Cage did. Like, we know Cage is crazy. Yeah, this is where it's all really started, you know, that, that like, this performance is... <laughs> this is what, what made his career for the next 10 years following after this. I mean, yeah, this scene where... He wakes up um, from the surgery because he's supposed to be playing John Travolta's character yeah. at this point. Um, that scene where he he first wakes up and he's looking in the mirror, he crushes that scene. Yeah, like weird, like it's weirdly good actually. Like mm-hmm. how well he sells that because he portrays this like actual genuine horror, you know, of waking up as like your worst fear. It's fucking crazy. This definitely inspired <laughs> a scene in the new Avatar movie. Did it? I mean, the, the scene where the general wakes up as... Oh! <laughs> it's the I same thing. That tissue. <laughs> you might not be wrong there, you know. Mm-hmm. Also, can I just say, I just quickly looked up the cast for Face-Off. <laughs> and John Travolta's... <laughs> John Travolta's like Google picture is horrific. It just scared the shit out of me. Just a big bold John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> like John Travolta is one of those actors that I just don't really care about. I couldn't think of like one performance. Maybe Pulp Fiction, I guess, but like even that, it's not special enough, you know? Yeah. I get I get what you mean. He's like an actor that when he's in something, like, that I'm already watching, I'm like, oh, shit, it's John Travolta, and then, you know, I, I'm a little bit happy. But I will never <laughs> watch a movie because he's in it. No. Like, ever. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like, a, you know, anything it's, He's no Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, no. I will watch a movie strictly off the strength of Nicolas Cage being in it. Because I know even at its worst, he's going to be funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's going to give us something. Yeah, like, he gives... in every single movie he's in. And I I can totally respect that. So even if the movie's dog shit, you're getting something from Cage. I totally agree. But I I liked him here. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. I just, I love John Travolta playing Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. Every scene. Yeah. Yeah, every single scene where he's like playing it up, like where he's truly embracing the 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 insanity, mm-hmm. it's this film at its best, one hundred percent. Here's the thing: 
I heard, like, I'm not 100% sure if that's true or just like an urban legend, but I heard that John Travolta and Nick Cage hated each other on set and no. they're playing it up for like to act like the other person. They were really trying to overact it and make fun of the other person rather than accurately portray them. <laughs> and now we're, we're like praising them for, for how well they got it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. But it kind of makes sense that it <laughs> it would turn out that way and we would appreciate it since it, it is such an over-the-top movie that the overacted <laughs> reenactment of the other person kind of fit, fits perfectly into the tone whilst still portraying the, the other person, you know? George, yes. I, uh, I really hate to, like, burst your bubble here, but after a bit of research, it turns out that Nicolas Cage and John Travolta actually really loved each other on the set. Oh, really? A face-off, yeah. And they would study each other's performances, like, very uh, intensely. Like, they would do, like, scenes, each other, like, each other's scenes where they're supposed to be impersonating each other. Mm -hmm. So they could get a better idea of what to do when they're filming it. That's amazing. Yeah, so apparently there's such a wholesome really twist to this <laughs> wrong urban legend that I kept on yeah. telling. <laughs> <laughs> Just spreading misinformation yeah, on the for internet. Real. <laughs> <laughs> and you're listening such to three euros per movie. <laughs> <laughs> we should just start doing that. Like Every every episode of this will just throw in like a fake fact. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like a <laughs> one and three. <laughs> yeah, we'll, just, we'll, we'll make an announcement that every third fact in this movie is made up, and this podcast is made up. <laughs> also, can we just say the prison, the prison that he goes to with the fucking moon oh, moves yeah. is insane. <laughs> oh my god, who, who designed that? Did Ridley Scott fucking decide? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so stupid. But uh, I did hear that this film was supposed to be set like in the in the very far future. Like originally, <laughs> like the original concept was supposed to be like really far in the future. It's the twenty tens, so guys. <laughs> yeah, so I think that like that was just a remnant of that mm -hmm. original like Maybe. idea. Yeah. They but already it, built it, the set and they couldn't yeah. change <laughs> it because budget out. is already over budget like, well, and I guess stuff. we're doing this yeah. now. Damn, the prison, the magnet shoes and everything. It, uh, it's all coming back to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. I would also like to point out that every single person just completely buys the surgery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they tell you know anyone that will listen, oh by the way, you know I had the surgery done where it and you know they put his face on my face and they did the hair and the body and all this and everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> yep, that sounds real." Yeah, the funny <laughs> the funniest thing about the logistics of the surgery is that they just forget or don't care about the details at all the throughout details, the movie because yeah. for the in the beginning they just say, "Yeah, we we remove the face, we take the face off, and then we we put it on you." And easy job done. <laughs> then I throughout the were... movie they claim, "Yeah," and then they had like something for the bone structure of the face and then even later in the movie they say and i had to take like his body as well but that all didn't happen in the actual surgery in the beginning it was so <laughs> weird like they said that they they were so they were going to swap the bodies 
or something. Or I, I don't uh, because he, he asked to keep the 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 scar, the scar. on his chest. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, are they swapping no, bodies? No, he well? says, can you put it back on later? That's it. So when he when he's getting the surgery to be back into like his normal body or whatever, mm-hmm. he wants the the scar to be put back on. So they're swapping bodies. They're swapping bodies. It's so stupid. Yeah, like, but it's... it's just inconsistent. It's like retconning <laughs> itself throughout the runtime multiple times. It's just fucking dumb. Like, yeah, it's so... And everyone just buys into it. Why does everyone buy into it? No one questions it. Like, every time they tell someone, they don't second guess it. They're like, yep, that's real. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, I believe you. What kind of shit is that? If someone told me that, I would fucking shoot them in the face. I'd be like, you're insane. Get away from me. That's You're just calling the cops right away. Because what's weirdest is that if they are swapping b- bodies in like, I don't, I don't know how, but if they are... No, the blood test face. wouldn't work. Yeah, no. So the swapping. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is the logistics <laughs> of the surgery. From in the end, this is what they concluded. They swapped faces. <laughs> that he got a haircut. Mm-hmm. For some somehow they modeled his body <laughs> after the other guy, but he didn't take his body. They just modeled his body mm-hmm. somehow. Oh, um, I guess okay. he got lipo or something, like a suit or something. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We got a bum lift. I, I don't know what happened, but yeah, he, he, just something happened. They modeled the body after him, and they swapped the face, and then somehow they got rid of like all the scarring. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like I don't know how that works. It's synthetic. You just don't know the logistics. Okay, what goes into the the proceedings? The very sur- <laughs> I can't. I can't. I just can't. And I love, oh I love that God. moment where he gets the face and then he's about to go into the prison and he's like just itching his face and he's like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, just the face itches. It's the face that's itches. Such a, that's such a stupid line. What do you mean the face itches? <laughs> oh, it's oh my God. fucking amazing. I love that the film's called Face Off. Can we just point mm-hmm. that out? Yeah. It's beautiful. You're not deep in it, right? It's deeper than you think it is, right? Yeah. So yes, they're taking their faces off. Right, face they're off. Facing but they're also having a face off. Oh my it's god. Face off. It's, it's face deep. off. Guys. <laughs> it's deep. The layers oh, and layers upon layers, man. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I mean I'm the, sorry. The, I, I love that the, we we get the visual conclusion to this whole <laughs> face-off situation when they stand in front of the the double-sided mirror like who ha- who owns a <laughs> who owns a mirror where you can stand on both sides and it sh- just stands freely <laughs> in the room but they oh. needed that because they can then look into the mirror and they see themselves but it's the other person because they look like themselves and it's a face-off oh my god it's oh, beautiful off. the poetry <laughs> the say? visual poetry guys it's off the what? charts. Right. This is what I don't get. So Castor Troy wakes up without a face. He somehow finds the surgeon. That doesn't get explained, but he just knows who he is. Yeah. And then they kidnap him, they bring him in. Right? Not he only turns, him, he, he, but everyone. Everyone <laughs> gets the whole staff in there somehow. Mm-hmm. And then get so then he gets the surgery to look like Sean. Then he kills everyone. Everyone that so knows. So they can't reverse it. <laughs> Right? It's yeah. an irreversible surgery now, because the only guy that could do it is dead. 
Mm-hmm. But then somehow at the end, they <laughs> managed to swap back Sean's face. Mm-hmm. How? They had How? an explanation, right? Like, oh, I know a, a doctor. I don't know where. No, this guy, <laughs> we, get, we get told explicitly many, <laughs> many times, this is the only guy that can do this. <laughs> this is not it's a not. surgery hey, people know crit, about. Crit, you're applying criticism to a movie <laughs> called Face Off. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Damn. It is a good point. <laughs> no, it but we already point. established this movie is good at retconning itself throughout the runtime, so it makes sense that they mm-hmm. would both claim at the beginning that it's the only guy who can do it and then claim at the end that they found a European who can do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just, just you know, logical. You I, know? I love that this film just doesn't care about continuity. Yeah, just doesn't give a shit. Absolutely bonkers. Doesn't care about laws. Nothing. Oh, how do you guys feel about the ending? What do you mean? Oh, <laughs> with with the kid and all with that. The kid. Like, I just brought a kid to our house. Yeah, you like, can't just do that. The There's a whole process here. Like, can we oh, do this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot it's about like, it. Okay. <laughs> you can't just grab, like, a random kid with dead parents and go, yeah, you're coming on with me. Yeah, and it's like a substitute to his own uh, son. It's fucked up. He should talk to a psychiatrist. He's like, hey, I brought us a new son since our ones died. And everyone's like, yay. Yay. (laughs) You know damn well that kid's going to be like a teenager one day and then they're going to have an argument. And he's like, well, you're not my dad. You killed my real dad. (laughs) No, he's going to be like, but I'm not him. Like, yeah, I yeah. could never be him, and that's why you hate me. Yeah, that's the story. Um, Scream 5. No, no I've not. I have oh, not. okay. Uh, do any of you care about spoilers for that film? I, I, I guess I kind of. I want, I want to get to the Scream franchise one day. I just haven't really. There's, there's just like a weird, weird thing with someone that's the daughter of someone. Mm-hmm. And they just see like their reflection, and it's like the reflection's always telling them like to go and kill people <laughs> and stuff like that. And I imagine that's what Caster Troy's like kid's gonna be like. He's gonna grow up, and like Nicolas Cage is gonna be in all the mirrors going kill. Yeah, he's gonna have <laughs> okay. a Green Goblin. Don't blow shit up. <laughs> like he's like the fucking Green Goblin. Mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the gold pistols are gonna talk to him like the Green Goblin mask. <laughs> The gold pistols, yeah. <laughs> the fucking gold pistols. Oh, and also that scene where he receives the box and he tells his plan to, to his friend and they keep going, so you, you want to take his face yeah. off? I was like, ha ha, they're saying the thing, they're saying the thing. And they say it every, like five <laughs> times. <laughs> every time they say face off in this movie, I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, I'm the- always like that in any movie. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, they said it. The, the way it is over the top here is just really, was just really entertaining. Like, it, it kind of got funnier the more often they repeated it. <laughs> oh, what a quality movie. I think the only other note that I have on this film is... Oh, no, I have two. So one is that the practical effects during the surgery were actually kind of impressive. Yeah, that was super cool. Like all the prosthetics and makeup and stuff. Like I mean, they were also really 
they were visually really proud of it because they inserted that one scene where she's just massaging the new face. <laughs> oh, right. <yeah. laughs> just so you can see it flap around. And it looked cool, don't get me wrong. That's yeah. some fantastic yeah. <laughs> prosthetic work there. But they just used that scene to really show off. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. It's weird. And I have another note that just says there's definitely some like trauma and trust issues from the wife from now yeah. on like there's no way of he course. just shows up and especially the daughter as well who had her dad like fucking shoot at her or whatever yeah. and yeah. Her face. she's never going to be able to oh look it in God. the same way again mm -hmm. but you know a child will heal anyone oh yeah of course <laughs> oh my god this fucking <laughs> random little kid with the soul of Castor Troy. <laughs> uh, Find like the exact quote because I don't, I don't want to mm -hmm. fuck it up. Um, I can say maybe. real quick. Um, there's um, my favorite shot out of the whole trilogy, next to the the big ending scene we already talked about in The Rock, is here when he wakes up without a face. And he goes up to the doctor and you barely see his like bloody face first, but then you see it in the reflection of the glasses of the doctor. And that was legitimately such a cool shot. I loved it. Yeah, that was like some Cronenberg shit. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. For real. It was that was actually like the scene in the fly. You know, when uh, the doctor sees him for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah, true. That's it's exactly oh, like that scene. Yeah, it's pro it it gotta be an homage. It's yeah. probably it's too close to each other. And yeah, um I didn't I didn't mention it before we started recording, but um my favorite quote in this film is when Sean Archer pretending to be Castor Troy says lies, deceit, mixed messages. This is turning into a real marriage. <laughs> marriage, yeah. <laughs> what a banging quote. Pretty good, pretty good one. I also love that Sean Archer figured out how to break out of fucking Azkaban. On his first day. <laughs> like, like, it wasn't even that difficult for him. Mm -hmm. He was like, oh, right, cool. Take the boots off. He yeah, has a cool. deep understanding. As an American hero. As an ah, FBI yes. agent. He Good has point. a deep Good understanding point. of every facility. Mm -hmm. There's one scene that was the most uncomfortable scene throughout the whole trilogy. When Travolta goes up to his daughter... I um, knew he was gonna being, say scene, yeah. not not being troubled himself anymore, and it's oh man, he he just starts flirting with her and touching her, and oh my god, that was so horrible. Just like I know, like they they are not even related in real life, and she's she's just playing his daughter anyway. But at that point, I was like fucked up by that scene. That it's weird so though normal, because okay. like he's weirdly like. A good dad apart. Yeah, it's super yeah. random. Like yeah. when that guy tries to rape her, like on the on the, in his car on the front lawn, like a fucking idiot. Yeah, then he's a, he a great drags dad. him out the fucking window. Yeah, <laughs> beats him up and makes him apologize. Mm -hmm. Like that's fucking crazy. Imagine, <laughs> like the the daughter probably had some of her best father son 
experiences through, throughout that time and also yeah. some of the worst father-son experience throughout that time imagine just the psychological damage that the whole charade made on her the bill uh, for the psychologist is gonna be really high yeah there's this one psychiatrist that is making a fucking book off this family yeah he, he never needs to get another patient <laughs> he's good <laughs> Whoever gets like, that deal, all done. Sean's in there, for sure. Right? Oh, yeah. His wife has got to be in there, for sure. For sure. His daughter's 100% in there. And that little boy's going to need it eventually. The son probably just as much as the daughter. Just imagine, like, he, he killed his father. <laughs> his father was, like, the, the arch nemesis of, <laughs> of the, the guy that is now his father. Uh, yeah, and they were always gonna have a grudge due to that. There's never gonna be like that. That son is gonna be fucked up when he grows up. Absolutely fucked up. By the way, you know this film's gonna be absolutely insane as well. From when the film starts <laughs> yeah. and he shoots a fucking kid. <laughs> oh, like, I didn't oh, even is, think of that. This is that movie. I I I wrote down from the beginning the Nick Cage introduction with the Hallelujah song. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. My God, that was That's so just good. the the best thing ever. And even when yeah, it comes face. back, when it comes back as the John Travolta and he's dancing to the Hallelujah and singing it, I was like, hell yeah! <laughs> Why is he wearing a priest outfit? Because it was a religious convention, I think, at the the center. Is is disguised, you know? He's camouflaging. He even goes up to that one random choir girl. Like, is she ever... Who is she? Do we know her? Does no. she come back? She's no. a no, random she's person. Random. Yeah, just random, right? And he just goes up to her and, you know, does his, his thing. Yeah, grabs Cops her. a little feel. <laughs> and she's, like, into it. She doesn't yeah. think, oh, this is weird. <laughs> Father Troy's being a bit odd. I thought when watching that, oh, okay. So he, he's super weird and funny and over the top, but that's probably like his inappropriately young girlfriend, which would still be bad. <laughs> but <laughs> that's how far my brain tried to explain it away. And then it just, just... turns out that, no, that's just a, a random crier girl that he yeah. <laughs> sexually just, molested. It's I mean. so funny that he kills a kid because we get no context <laughs> as to this mission, by the way. We know mm. that he was trying to kill Sean Archer, not the kid. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't know why he was trying to kill Sean Archer yeah. with a fucking sniper rifle on a carousel. Yeah, and he just what, waits what for the exact there? moment where he can get the double kill. <laughs> yeah, we needed context for that scene. Why is he, like, staked him out onto a carousel with a sniper rifle? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just show me that and be like, yeah, that's the start of this movie. No, no backstory needed. Because that is the backstory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all the context. Yeah, you don't need anything yeah. so else. The backstory needs backstory. Like <laughs> it doesn't explain anything. It's some developing. Yeah, I love the last Mexican standoff in this one, where they do the whole, quite literally, Sergio Leone. Um, directing of it with the super close-ups of the eyes and them looking left and right, but yeah. instead of three people, it's five this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> In like this shitty little church. Yeah, yeah. The the whole church sequence as well was so over dramatic. I loved that one. Yeah. Just like two movies that we watched for this episode, they had a standoff like that. You know, where there's like probably five yeah. people pointing guns. Mm -hmm. The Rock and this one. 
I would also like to point out that two movies we've seen this episode, both Con Air and The Rock, both start off with characters that are pregnant with mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage's child. All and that's of kind them, of the yeah. stakes. Yeah, all of them. Oh, right, yeah, because he has he has a kid in this film as well. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, he has a kid. Not pregnant, but yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of kids, man, in this time. But yeah, I I you know, I've I've got nothing really left to say about face off. I just think it's a masterpiece. <laughs> I think any objective edit that you would make to this film that would make it better would weirdly make it worse. <laughs> yeah, like you would need a full on revamp of the whole thing. The weird thing is, I think there is a serious movie in there somewhere that would actually be good if you went a little more abstract with maybe it's like if it's already far out in the future you could do it maybe where you can download a consciousness or something and then i mean yeah it if makes cronenberg did it yeah if cronenberg made the whole concept just rewrote it and then shot it himself that could have been an awesome serious yeah cronenberg movie. would absolutely rip this yeah. concept yeah there is a good movie in there but as far as the the silly movie, you yeah you can't really change Man, anything. With all these remakes and reboots, can we get a Face Off remake with Cro- David Cronenberg? Yes. <laughs> Who would you cast in a modern day Face Off? I would want Tom Cruise in the one of them. One of them gotta be Tom Cruise. He I I think he would be perfect. Like he can act serious. You, you know, I don't think I'd want Tom Cruise. I think he's too past it. Maybe I think you but... need to be young with a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, maybe maybe nowadays it would be too late. I thought of, of performances like Tropic Thunder, where he was super comedic, and serious stuff like Magnolia. Yeah, if it was early 2000s or late 2000s even, but early 2010s. Yeah, um, say, you know, it gets announced yeah. tomorrow. That David Cronenberg is working on a face-off re- remake <laughs> coming out next year. What two actors do you want? It's difficult. I'm trying to think. I think one of them I would want Adam Driver. I thought. Oh of Adam. yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. He can be funny and he can play serious both very well. Yeah, yeah. he he would be he would be really fitting. And I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of like a, a silly little goofy guy, you know, like a, a modern day, not modern day cage, because you just yeah, can't replicate none. that. <laughs> I was trying to the same thing that that just isn't. You guys know Christopher Abbott? The name sounds familiar. Is the guy in uh, Black Bear? I He's was... just, I have no proof. Oh, the guy from Possessor. Yeah, yeah. He would have, he would be a funny guy, mm-hmm. like a funny actor, you know, to play funny roles. It's just, it gives me that vibe. I don't know why. Oh, you know what? I would want Bill Burr in there. <laughs> Bill Burr would be amazing. Bill Burr and what did we say at first? Uh, um, uh, Adam Driver? Yeah, Bill Burr and Adam Driver. I mean, come on. That's, that's a face <laughs> of fucking age gap. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's the face <laughs> of remake. <laughs> oh, you're talking you know, about no, taking do you know it serious. Who I'd want? 
No, I know who I want. I know who I want. Mm -hmm. I want it to be Adam Driver and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, that I could see that. Yeah, the guy from Bullet Train and Kick Ass. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, Bullet Train. I haven't watched that one. You should. It's 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 good. It's it comedy. Yeah, it's comedic, definitely. Yeah, action comedy. I think I saw some pictures of him. He's one of the best parts about it, like for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. Him and completely forgot his name, but the guy from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Them two, their like comedic exchanges are are the highlight of the whole film. I mean, Brad Pitt is also amazing in it, but they are killing it. They they definitely outperform him. Okay, so say, say you get like okay, face off, but all time. So you can pick any two actors from any era to do Face Off. Jim Carrey? Which two actors? Jim Carrey, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a... a he, he almost gotta be. Um, An Adam Sandler. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be funny. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I would love to see, like, something super out there. Like, Imagine you brought, I don't know, Chaplin to the modern day age oh. and, and oh told him to, to play something Charlie like Chaplin that. Charlie Chaplin face off. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin and Jim Carrey in face off. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Imagine. With AI. You just wait, give it five years. <laughs> My two picks would have to be Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Michael Shannon. That's also good. I like that. It's a good one. Oh man, Face Off is so good. So um, we're concluding that definitely the best, the best one-liners were in The Rock, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. no. It was Sayonara, you guys. It was Face Off. N- which one? You couldn't even name one. I already <laughs> I know did. You named it. It's turning I into a real did. marriage. The marriage, but Sai. It's way better than Sayonara. I'm sorry. Oh my god, that's quick. That's you know, it's no, 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 no. (sighs) No, it's it's the rock. We all agree that Sayonara. The problem with Sayonara is this will be my memory. (laughs) The only problem with Sayonara is it only works in Con Air. Doesn't work in any other film. Doesn't like if you read it, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't make the joke in Face Off. You can just read it out of context. And yeah, it works. But it's, but it's a great quote for the context, and that's what matters. Yeah. The beautiful thing about this is whatever the listener believes right now, that's the winner. <laughs> so, ratings. Right. Ratings. Yeah. Ratings. Yeah. Ratings. Beer? I give it a 6.5 Fair. out of 10. George? This is a 5 out of 10. And I'm giving this a big old schmacker. Schmacker. 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. <gasps> yeah. Wow. <laughs> perfect 10. A perfect 10. I love this movie. Right. 10 for the face, 10 for the off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Hello, listeners. George from the future here with a quick interruption from the editing booth. The movie selection we made for next episode had to be postponed. So what we are actually going to talk about is Noah Baumbach and three of his movies. Starting off with the 2005 released movie The Squid and the Whale, moving on to 2012's Francis Ha, 
and ending with the 2019 Netflix original Marriage Story. If you don't want to get spoiled for any of these movies, check them out by the next episode. I'm George. I'm Bia. I'm Crit. And you are listening to 3 Euros Per Movie.